Okay, start the thing. So really playing with your strengths. Let's go. Okay, well, welcome to Psalm Thing to Drink About. My name is Alex Van Amberg. I'm a certified sommelier with the Quartermaster Sommeliers and a CSW, or a certified specialist of wine, with the Society of Wine Educators. And I'm Christy Collins. I'm married to Alex, and I'm a mother of three and a yoga teacher. Excellent. Thank you. And a Renaissance woman. I don't want to do the Renaissance woman. It makes me feel uncomfortable you now. Keep, you kept hammering it. Now we're going to drop it? Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Consistency. No, I it just doesn't you. sound good. It sounds pretentious and like I'm, I don't know. Okay. It's like I'm trying to be funny. That, we don't want to try to be funny. No. We just want to <laughs> be honest. So I, I think the really uh, awesome thing is actually that you are so many things without trying. I mean, let's be honest. You, I mean, you, you were a catering uh, manager and cook for a while. You mm-hmm. managed restaurants. You waited tables, tended bar. You were an actress. You had a couple of national commercials. You're a mom, a full-time mom. You're handful, a yoga teacher. Handful of national commercials. Not a couple. Handful. I, I don't know the difference between a couple and a handful. Okay. Well. I do. <laughs> I'll bet you do. More than two. <laughs> well, which is excellent. I mean, just so many accomplishments under your belt. And, Co-stars. Uh, you know, and, and sorry, what? Co-stars. Co-star roles. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Strange mm-hmm. medicine, you know. Strong medicine. Strong medicine. Yeah, thank you. Member of the uh, of the, the uh My director's writing things for me. I know, you're awesome. Fabulous reviews in the LA Times. Come I think on. we lose sight of just how awesome you are because you come on the show and, and your your ability to be the everyman, to not know something so well. Uh, really, I don't want to, people to get the impression that you don't know a lot about a lot of other things. You do very well. Thank you. Yeah, I you appreciate that. Yeah, it's very sweet. And yeah. it's recorded. So now I can just, when I need a compliment, I can just press play. And delete. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, the whole premise of something to drink about is that I know something about wine and Christy knows very little about wine and we want to make wine fun and not frightening. We want to take the, the anxiety out of it and just kind of go through a wine together, um, and make it more entertaining make it more enjoyable. And then, uh, from there, then we go and we reveal the wine at the end. We talk a little bit about the backstory, the history of how it got to be the way it is. And hopefully we answer a few questions along the way. If you have more, go to our Facebook page, something to drink about S O M M hyphen thing to drink about, or you can go ahead and go to Instagram and leave comments. Uh, we're always happy to respond. Um, yeah, go ahead and give us a look. Give us a listen. Yeah, lick us on Facebook. That's an old joke. You can't use a joke <laughs> from a previous podcast. I can't too, because it's really funny. <laughs> give us a lick. Like, listen, <laughs> shoot. Words. Anyway. So, yes. Um, and uh, just a shout out to whoever's listening to us over in Switzerland. Thank you. Right? <laughs> You're awesome. I Who had no idea. Who is listening to us in Switzerland? That is the biggest compliment. Yeah, I thought maybe If I Eastern... could be from anywhere, it would be from there. Yeah. So, I mean, here we are from Eastern Washington to Switzerland. Let's go ahead and give it a little shout out. Well done, you. Wow, again. Superb taste. So, DJ Alex. Christy, let's talk about what's in the glass today. You get a backwards spin. Scratch a record. Um, <laughs> it's red. It oh, certainly is. It's ruby. Is it? You like my new word? That's a ruby. good word. Well done. I, Thank wait, you. Are, are you done angling for garnets and now we're going to start angling for rubies? Uh-huh. Is that what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Well, if we go get a garnet bracelet, say, and maybe a ruby necklace mm-hmm. or some earrings, ruby looks really good on me. It's a really dark, deep, rich color. It's darker and richer than a garnet color. Is that why you're pouring the wine on yourself? Am I? <laughs> really? 
No. Not on my new jogger pants. Saints for Fend. Not on my yoga wear. (laughs) So, it's a red wine, and it's in a glass. Mm-hmm. We've done that much. That's good. So uh, ruby colored, you say? So uh, okay. Is there any any change of color towards the edge? Just getting my white paper. Excellent. Good. No, it just gets thinner, but it's really it's one of those pretty dark colors that mm-hmm. gets super raspberry pink at the edges. Yeah. But only because it's thinner, not because it has a color transition. Meniscus. All wine. Is that it? No, that was not it. Darn it. Liquids have a meniscus <laughs> because it has to do with surface tension. Um, but that, anyway. Uh, I know. What's the word? So much sciencey stuff. Membrane? What's the, what's the word where the edge, it's an M word. Well, no, there is a meniscus, but we're talking about the, anyway. That, I mean, it, you, you're using the word wrong in the wrong place. It doesn't fit there. Stop it. I'm a Virgo. You're killing me. I am. I can tell you. like, what am I supposed to oh, do with this? My God, my butt is clenching. I can see it from here. So anyway, so what we have is a relatively dark red wine in the glass, ruby colored, uh, hints of purple to it as well. Very dark, um, but also very clear, very clean. Uh, no signs of sediment or anything in the glass. So, uh, but no signs of aging as well as it moves out towards the edge. How can you tell there's no signs of aging? When wines age, it's like they're rusting. You ask the question, you get to listen to the answer. That's how that goes. <laughs> no, I get to yawn in your face as you're answering it because nobody can see me. So, but, uh, yeah. So, um, aging uh, in a wine, the way you can tell there's no signs of aging, generally speaking, is because um, as a wine gets older, it'll throw off um, sediment. Um, so it'll get grit in it, or also it will change colors because as it, it um, oxidizes, as it grows older, it will change colors. Red wines will turn to brown, white wines will turn to brown, red wines will lose color, white wines will pick up color. So there's none of that, uh, so no signs of change in this wine that way, visually. Visually, no. Visually. No. So, We're good. Yeah. Excellent. Shall we move on to the nose? Oh, let's move on to the nose. So it's sight, sniff. Like a little uh-huh. bunny. Little bunny, not big, deep yoga breaths. No, little sniff. It smells good. I didn't have a poster to go study and find a new word for smell. Okay. But I did have a poster <laughs> to find the word ruby. That's true. So uh, we, we just recently got some posters from Wine Folly. We have a wine, a color of wine poster, which is awesome. It has some great color descriptors on it, but along with pictures of the colors. And ironically, um, given your last statement, right next to it is a big poster that says wine descriptions oh, and damn. what they mean. Okay. <laughs> and well, it is I'd just have to read it. Full of words. It's not pictures. <laughs> it's not pretty. It's just colory and stuff. <laughs> With words. I didn't even notice it, to be honest with you. So there's, there's, those are, we're adding them to our home pod studio, um, simply because I, they, they help. Well, first of all, I'm continuing my studies, and so I need these reference points, but also it gives us a common frame of reference. So if you're sharing your wine journey with someone, uh, near and dear, then grab a copy of Wine Folly's book, uh, posters, whatever, and there's, there's some great reference points for people. Grab a copy with your near and dear. Kacha. Why do I do this with you? Anyway? I don't know. I've got other friends, like two. Who? <laughs> Hi, Carl. <laughs> so anyway, so the wine. So instead of taking big, deep yoga breaths, take small uh, sniffs um, and see what you find in the glass. And then if it seems relatively neutral, then swirl it and see if you can get more flavor out of uh, more nose flavor out of it that way. 
Okay, I'm swirling. Mm-hmm. Now I'm I'm kind of panicking because I really want to wear my joggers tomorrow. Because it when I'm in yoga school, it's cold in that room. Well, there's a lot to smell. I just, I always, this is the part I get the most scared of. Okay. What and then I of? just, I feel a block on coming on. Like, I know I smell something and it smells like wine. Right. And then you're going to say, well, what do you smell? And you're going to say, maybe it's cranberry. And I'm like, nope, not cranberry. Okay. And that's the only word I can remember right now. Well, that's the thing about smelling a wine in a lot of cases. We are so trained visually to cue into things. Um, or that we, we don't even know what we're sensing in a lot of cases with our sense of smell, with our sense of taste, unless we have a visual cue to go with it. So when you put your nose in the glass, you kind of have to block out the idea that you don't know what's there and just kind of let something come to you. Um, is there a good way to start is that there are some basics with what you smell. Um, does it smell like mineral? Does it smell like flower? Does it smell like fruit? Does it smell? I mean, there's some very broad categories. What's a mineral smell like? Do you know what... Um, like copper? Well, I don't know that copper has a distinctive smell, but has I do taste. know that, that um, when you go out and you're gardening, soils, when you're out there, they have a distinctive smell to you, yeah? hmm So soil has a smell. And so a mineral also has a smell. Like if you open a bag of lime... Um, Never opened a bag of lime. To, to add have lime. you opened a bag of lime? Well, like, like thrown it on a dead body or something? Isn't that what you're supposed to do? <laughs> well, no, but you also use it as sweetened soil. I just happened to open a bottle of lime. Oh, sorry. Anyway. Okay. But you so, use lime to sweeten soil, right? I don't know. Okay. So there are other, there are, yes, I have open bags of lime because you use it to sweeten soil, um, which takes the acidity out and balances soils, which is, you know, thanks mom for gardening talk. I know, but aren't you supposed to throw it on dead bodies in a... In a barrel. You've watched way too many episodes of The Sopranos, <laughs> or perhaps Ben and them. I don't know. <laughs> my favorite co- podcast, my favorite murder. Ah, anyway, yes. Yeah. So um, there is. Uh, so the different minerals have different smells, but also there's that sense of of um, uh, petrichlor that comes from rain landing. Petrichlor. Well, rain lands on pavement. You know that there's a smell that comes from that. That fresh wet pavement's cement. wet cement sometimes. Oh, yeah. so all those things are mineral smells. So those are those are not infrequently showing up in wines. Now there's also other smells that show up in wines. It smells like vanilla. Smells like oak. Smells like leather. Smells like um like perfume. Okay, I smell leather. Okay, good. Are you smelling any herbs? Are you smelling any uh, any like dried flowers or lavenders or you know there's there's all these different smells that your nose knows. Well, because you say it now, I smell dried lavender and okay. leather, but. Do I smell it or is that the suggestion? I ask that all the time. I have listened to our podcast at this point, so now I know how many times I ask that question. It's not an unfamiliar question, and there is the power of suggestion, which is why I wait until you smell it first, and then I try to help you identify things that are in there. Now, I have listed about 15 different things, and you've picked two of them. Mm-hmm. So you tell me, is it the power of suggestion, or is it... You, me helping you identify what you're actually getting out of the book. You're so helping me. (laughs) (laughs) And and there is in this wine, there's a lot of, you know, there is a lot of different smells going on with it, but they are understated. They're not overwhelming. And so um, if you swirl it, take a moment, reset your uh, your sense of smell, smell your arm. Um, Smell my armpit. Yeah, huff huff your armpit. Swirl the wine a little bit and then go back to the glass and just take a couple little sniffs. It smells a little earthy. Yep. It's, you know, and that's kind of what I mean by mineral, because there's a sense of, of, of wet earth, and it's not overwhelming. Dirty. 
but there's a sense of, of a small amount of dirt there. And then behind that, there's herbs. There's like dried herbs like sage and dried lavender. I smell dried lavender. Mm-hmm. And there's, um, and there, there's, uh, so there's those, those herbal elements, there's earthy elements. And if I was, uh, and those are important notes, um, to get out of wine, you know, it's not fruit forward. It's not screaming fruit. It's not screaming vanilla. It's not screaming oak or toast, uh, or pepper or pepper. There's a lot of things this isn't doing right now. Okay. So why so that's good to know what it's not smelling like. Absolutely. Because when a wine, it's not so much sometimes what a wine smells like is sometimes what it doesn't smell like these colors that you're looking at in the glass. This could be from anywhere in the world. This color could be, it could be coming out of New Zealand, Australia, California, um, you know, uh, France, Chile, uh, Chile, Italy, anywhere in the world. This wine could be coming from Washington, but the smells on the wine can only be coming from a few places because you're not oh. getting eucalyptus or mint or, Mm-mm. or big jammy. And that's kind of ruling out Australia. You're not getting a lot of fruit floored, a lot of vanilla, which is kind of ruling out California in a way because California loves big fruity these colors lead to big fruity smells and big vanilla smells and lots of okay. caramel. So you're kind of narrowing it out and, and saying it's probably not that. You're narrowing it down. It's taking you more towards an old world smell because it's earth first. Earth oh, first? Earth yeah. first. It's earth So it's, it's earthy first. And then it's herby. And then there's maybe some dried fruit behind it. So that's really interesting because it's, it's giving us a direction on the nose alone on okay. where this wine may come from. So that's why smelling is important. So that's why it's not you being psychic or weird it there's actually you can delineate you can cross out things and then you know more of the area in the world it's from that's the which whole is really thing about being a, a very a, cool yeah it's really cool because the more you taste wines the more you recognize there's broad categories everything fits into there are exceptions to every category okay peggy's your friend too yeah yeah you have more than two friends lars yeah that's three Okay. We're doing anyway, good. Go ahead. <laughs> so with wine, you can you can eliminate more. Uh, a lot of cases, what a wine isn't um, by eliminating what's not in the glass. So let's right. move on to tasting. Okay. Promise. Mm-hmm. Whew. I like it. So if it is from the old world, I like it. That's good. <laughs> I'm relieved. My I just realized that I was I was having a little stress response mm-hmm. because if I didn't like it, that would be two in a row and then i don't know where we go from there so what are you tasting black cherries good (laughs) okay (laughs) like really ripe black cherries without a lot of sugar in them Mm -hmm. um heat Mm -hmm. good freshness um tart a little tart Mm -hmm. not overly tart not crazy tart but a nice mellow tart does that make sense yeah um it feels smooth it feels full like it doesn't feel light and um like window cleaner (laughs) the last one tasted like window cleaner okay well this is um there's a lot going on on the palette on this one as well but it's very interesting because it's a very narrow but very expressive bandwidth that this is coming out of like a lot of wines there's so many different things you know what i was gonna say that a narrow, expressive bandwidth. <laughs> well, uh, a, a lot of times when we're Words dr- out of my mouth. When you're drinking wine, How like, do you do that? I'm psychotic like that. You really are. Okay, go ahead. Well, a lot I of won't time- interrupt you, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so a lot of times when you're trying wines, um, there can be a lot going on on the palate when you take that first sip. There'll be it, it'll be overwhelming with lots of different flavors. There'll be lots of different things coming from lots of different areas. This has got a very expressive but very limited range of uh, of colors. I would think on the palate on the when you're tasting. You know, there's 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 black fruits, there's darker fruits, there's there's um, some you know some darker cherry type fruits as well. There is heat from the alcohol coming. That's that's very um, that's that's kind of overriding a mm-hmm. lot of the other mouthfeel. There's there's that herbal component again. There's hints of licorice. Um, you mm. know, I, there I think. are. Mm-hmm. When I have licorice tea on the sides of my tongue, it gets all squirty and soft, but not in a in a inappropriate way. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, and and what's in the, those herbal elements are coming kind of through Maui on the finish, kind so, of way. So if you breathe through your mouth, you can feel um, you can feel the herbal element again. I'm doing my own foley. Can you hear it? <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that! Oh God, it's weird. Mm. Nobody would date you, and then when you do that. Mm, uh-uh. It's just as well that no one would date me, seeing I'm already married to you. So. <laughs> I know so, that's true. This wine actually has a great finish. Well, there as well. is Walmart. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and then the power diverged, and the, the podcast wandered off again. <clears throat> so, what we have in this glass here is actually a really interesting wine. Um, it, it, it's it's very dark um, in its fruit flavors. It's got a. Did little, I throw you off a, a lot, lot of heat? That, hmm? Did I throw you off a lot? No, I'm trying to pull us back to where we were supposed to be. You know, talking about the wine oh, as okay. opposed to Walmart. <laughs> so. I don't know. I think it's a funny story, though. It was a funny story. Getting propositioned by somebody who said that there's other stores. And then my friend said, yeah, like Walmart. I think that's funny. Anyway, go ahead. Inappropriate, Christy. No, it's just, you know, you're an attractive human. It's going to happen. <laughs> Ten years ago, anyway. <laughs> it could happen it's not like completely unreasonable (laughs) so what do you think about the wine i think it's good Mm -hmm. what do you like about it black cherries (laughs) (laughs) good that it's tart but not too tart that it's not sweet that it's um it's not too warm it's um it kind of it's pleasant Mm -hmm. really are you going to slurk it again? Well, no, you have this Munster cheese here. So I was just trying a little bite of the cheese oh, along with the wine. I'm going to do the Munster cheese too. Munster cheese. It's really <laughs> interesting because this is um, – okay, so we'll reveal – well, let's talk about what your experience is with that. Because for me, it changes the wine Ooh, and the it cheese. it makes it way better. Mm-hmm. What's up with that? That's weird. Well, there's a mm. lot of acid on this wine and the cheese is not – is very, mm. very base. And so you take those two elements. That very cre- base? The base and an acid tend to – if you, Sorry, I'm rolling my eyes. Can so anybody hard hear right her now. rolling her eyes? <laughs> <laughs> so the, there is the, those elements really blend together very well. That Munster cheese and this wine tend to go very well together. So this is something that you don't get a lot with New World wines, and as much as you do with Old World wines, it's really interesting because Old World wines tend to, because of their um, neutral or their softer nose and their less aggressive fruitiness. Um, tend to have a better food pairing quality to them than New World wines do. It's literally blowing my mind. When you worked for Danielle at Taste Restaurant, you came home and you said, it was the weirdest thing. This wine tasted okay. Then I took a bite of food. Then I took a sip of wine and I got it. 
I feel like I'm having that moment right now. So you mm-hmm. can't have any more of this cheese. Okay, fair enough. This cheese is mine. <laughs> and I'm going to drink this whole glass with it. It's pretty amazing. So this wine is um, is E. Guigal's, um, uh, Etienne Guigal's uh, Gigondas. Comes out of Southern Rhone in France. Thank you. Uh-huh. And it is uh, 70% uh, Grenache. And mm. then there's a Syrah, and I believe there is uh, Mouvedra in there as well. So there is um, – it, it's a traditional um, GSM blend from Southern Rhone. So Gigandas is actually a very exciting region in the Southern Rhone. Most people don't know what Southern Rhone is, but when you say Chateau Neuf de Pop, mm-hmm. a light goes off. Like, oh, that's Southern Rhone. So – I'm sorry. I'm stuck at GSM. I was going to write it down. Ah. I was going to write it down. I was trying to signal you for a a pen. a pen so I could write it down and not interrupt you and not interrupt your flow because I was kind of interested. So Kind of interested. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the truth that leaks in the between the edges. So GSM is a, is a shorthand for Grenache Syrah Mouvedra blend. Oh my God, it's so good. It's really good. And it's really amazingly food friendly. That's why Southern Rhone is actually is so prolific in making wine because that's what they do primarily is these blends. Chateauneuf de Pop does these blends. Um, Gigondas does these blends. Rasteau, Tavel um, does are a rose. All... These are all areas in Southern Rhone. Okay. So this is the Are same... they areas or are they chateaus? Chateaus is primarily a thing you're going to find in the Bordeaux on the other side of France. Okay. These are areas. Okay. And in a lot of cases, those chateaus in Bordeaux are named for the area or, you know, they're, they're, the area they're growing their wine in. Anyway, that's another story for another time. Okay. So these are AOCs. These are, or, or APOs. These are, these are growing areas delineated in France for these certain, um, for these wines. And they have specific rules about what kind of wine they can make there. So in Gigandas, they can make this wine in particular. They can make a very few rosés. I don't think they do any whites, um, according to the rules. And the wines, when they make them, have to be 80% or less Grenache. Okay. It has to be 15% at a minimum of either Syrah and or Mouvedre. And then it has to be, or it can be, a minimum, it has to be 10% something else. So okay. you can add 10% something else. You can't do more than 80%. Doesn't of... that make 105%? Well, the, there's the, the, the key part of that is minimums and maximums. You're right. Okay. So if you can go up to 80% Grenache. Got it. Okay. Okay. And then you have to include a certain amount of Syrah and or Mouvedre in there. So there's a lot of flex in there. And there's a lot of rules about it, But it has to be those. That's it. That you're running, you know, you can't include more of, you can't just say, oh, we're going to add a lot of Cabernet this year. You can only add up to 10% Cabernet this year if you're growing Cabernet. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, or else it changes the basic type of wine you're making. So that's how Gigandas defines itself. Now, Chateau Neuf de Pop, which is another area that's right next door, has this massive reputation. Mm-hmm. The House of the New Pope for growing these types of wines, and they, they're they're known for elegance. Um, and Chateau Neuf de Pop is actually a very d- different growing regions. It's not like Burgundy, where the soil expresses the name. The name expresses what you're going to get from that soil, because it's all that type of soil in that one name area. You know, if there's a vineyard called you know X Y Z Vineyard, it's going to taste like X Y Z no matter where it comes from in that vineyard. But when you get to Southern Rhone, the area is a little bit larger and there's different soil types in there. So the northern mm. part of, 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 you know, ABC Vineyard in Southern Rhone may taste different than the southern part of ABC Vineyard, but it's the same area. Does that make sense? Because yes. it, they're not as dynamic about 
examining the soil and saying this is what it's going to be and then breaking up their territories by that soil type. Mm-hmm. So in Chateau Neuf de Pop, you've got a lot of different variations of different types of Chateau Neuf de Pop you can get. But they're all known for elegance, whereas Gigandos is known for power. That is a great word for this wine, elegance. Mm-hmm. Well, and this this has power behind it as well, as well as that elegance in the finish. And when you combine it... I'm not sure if it does, because I don't (laughs) have any left in my glass. (laughs) What a pity. Um, Well, we Corvined this wine. So here, let me give you Uh, some of mine. Okay. And uh, you can have some of that. Thank you. Of course. So um, the story of the Guigal family is actually kind of fun as well and worth touching on, because there's a number of E... Guigal wines out there in the market right now. One of the first aha moments I had was with one of his wines, um, and it was called the Brunette Blonde, and it came from Northern Rhone. Um, so the the Guigal family, Etienne Guigal, uh, moved to Cote Roti in Northern Rhone um, in 1914, I think it was. And so he started, he was harvesting for, he did, they, they say on his website, he did over 67 harvests in his time in the Rhone area. And he, he capitalized on that. He got his own properties in the, I think in the forties after the war. Uh, and he started making wines under his own name, under his own label. And he had different properties where he's gathering grapes from and making wines. Uh, in 1967, he was struck by sudden onset blindness. And so his son had to take over his son. I think Marcel had to take over for him. And when his son took over, it was very much a family run operation. And, uh, his son Philippe is now the head winemaker for this family winery. It's a great name, Philippe. It is. Philippe Guigal. And so the Guigal family makes, you know, I I don't know, maybe a a half a dozen different wines, maybe more. Um, And they're all from the Rhone area. And just amazing wines. Such great character and such great distribution throughout the world. So you're consistently getting great wines no matter where you go with these wines. Mm -hmm. So, um, and yet it's three generations of family members making these wines. You know, it's a family-run operation that spans the world. Fantastic. Um, And the wines themselves are always elegant and always excellent. Now, if you were tasting this, could you pick it out at this point in your career? Um, I am out of practice on blind tasting. Um, this I could get to Old World with this, and I would okay. probably end up in France with this. Okay. But there are certain similarities that happen with this type of blend um, that are similar to other areas as well. The color would lead me a certain direction. The taste would lead me a certain direction. I have a great idea. Thank you for stopping because you knew I was going to interrupt you. We in- Okay, you need to do your nerdisodes. But we also could do a blind tasting. Yeah, that would be fun. Then I could blind taste you. Right. Yeah. So that would be... So we it. could get one of your friends from the Spokane Club to give me some wines, and then we could blind taste you. Or he could just send you out to the cellar and have you come back and you know pour stuff in the glass. Yeah, but you know what's out there. Uh, there's a lot of stuff out there. There is a lot of stuff out there, but you <laughs> still... You know everything that's out there. Because when I give something away, you're like, <gasps> you gave that away... It's like someone going and giving your yoga pants away. <laughs> I'm like, no, I needed that for. <laughs> what are you doing? Not exactly like yoga pants. <laughs> so we maybe have a... as expensive. Uh, sometimes, okay. 
So, uh, so Igwigal's uh, 2014 Gigandas uh, Red Blend coming out of the the, the Southern Rhone, uh, an excellent wine, uh, a beautiful growing region. And Gigandas is really growing uh, as far as recognition, as far as uh, wine, not, uh, you know, well, recognition really throughout the world. Um, they're kind of in a lot of ways overstepping Chateauneuf de Pop uh, in in many markets because people can't afford Chateauneuf de Pop. They yeah. can't really overstep that name, though, can they? Well, the thing is, is that Chateauneuf de Pop, when you start charging $60, $70, $80 a bottle for your wine, people are going to look for something the next-door neighbors are making that is similar but different and, and you know, for $30 a bottle, okay. $25 a bottle, and they're going to go buy that. So mm-hmm. that's why these other regions in there are doing better and better is because Chateauneuf de Pop is very well-known and they charge accordingly. Chateauneuf de Pop. Mm-hmm. Can you say that four more times? Throughout the podcast. And then just tell me where we can get this wine. This wine uh, is available at, uh, well, I don't know where it's available in Switzerland, but I do know that it's available <laughs> in, in our market. Uh, I believe it's available at several, any wine shop, any respectable wine shop can get this for you by name. Okay. You can order it at wine.com online. You can order it, um, you know, through probably Total Wine as well. Um, but uh, I'm a big fan of supporting your local wine markets. So go ask them. They'll bring you it know. in for you. Downtown wine Vino, shop bottles, Vino. Rocket Market, Huckleberries, um, you know wherever wherever your local bottle shops are, go talk to your local winemaker because if they discover that you like this, they'll find other things they like that you want as well. They'll be very helpful that way. Okay. So that is it for this podcast, as far as I can tell. Do you have any other questions or concerns or comments? No, nope, we could talk about some stores some more. We could talk about some stores. Which stores do you like? Well, let's talk instead about how this is the end of the podcast. <laughs> uh, all right. So um, this is something to drink about. Uh, we have a, an Instagram page. We have a, fi- a Facebook as well. We repost uh, pictures of the wines. We post articles. And you're welcome to leave comments. Um, please go on iTunes and go ahead and give us five stars if you like us. And you can also hear us on Spotify. You can hear us on Stitcher. Uh, and thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. This is so much fun. And thank you. Yeah, no, and if you are something that you want to hear something different, you want us to go in a different direction, give you something you don't have, let us know. Uh, you know, it's it's this is an awesome lot of fun. So, again, some thing to drink about. My name is Alex. My name is Christy, and we are here with some thing to drink about. I can't believe you're doing the.